This week's presenting sponsor is Como Caps. They're a family-owned business based in Louisiana, and they're well-known for their welder's caps. They take a lot of pride in inspecting every cap twice before it ships from their facility, and they also do a lot of market research to create new designs to include in their assorted bundles. Our hosts so far have loved the fit and the style, and right now we actually have an exclusive coupon code for you to use at checkout. If you go to www.comocaps, it's C-O-M-E-A-U-X-C-A-P-S dot com and use our code WELD10 at checkout, you'll save 10%. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Weld.com podcast. This week, I have Bob from Frank and Fab. They are based in Tampa, Florida, and Bob is one of our co-hosts on Weld.com. You've seen videos from him in the past, and we have a lot of exciting things coming up with him. Um, Bob's company does a variety of custom fabrication and welding. They specialize in heavy equipment repair, but they also do hard facing, handrails, vine trellises. He's even done some go-go cages recently, which he sent me. And Bob and I have been talking about 10 things that he wishes he knew before he started his business. But these are really things that could help anybody interested in starting a business or somebody who's really going through that grind right now. So Bob, why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself? You can elaborate on anything that I might not have said, like just share like how long you've been welding and how you got started welding. All right. Um, Hello, everyone. So my name is Bob and uh, I started my mobile welding company, Frank and Fab LLC in uh, September of 2015. Um, Really based off of a need from one of a a customer for I I was doing um, carpentry work at the time. And uh, I had a different customer mention something about needing a welder and I mentioned that I was a welder and, you know, he kind of got me started off or he got me on the roll of if I got myself established, got a truck, got a rig, he would put me to work and he had, uh, it was container repair. So he's like, I have hundreds of containers for you to repair if you can get your stuff in order. So I spent some time, I built a rig Uh, We were in communication for a little while, and uh, I finally got everything ready, and then he didn't answer the phone anymore. So, (laughs) kind of put me in a bind, but it also opened my eyes to know that there is a need out there for mobile welders, and I just kind of went out and pounded the rock to to let everybody know that, you know, we're a new company in in the area, and we're, we're willing to service who needs us. So uh, that was kind of how we started just uh, on a whim really. And I'm honestly, I'm thankful that I did because I, I, I never really had an actual welding career. I worked some welding jobs and I did, you know, I'd, I'd had a lot of education in it, but I didn't, I didn't fulfill my need, you know, where the thought where I thought I was going and it fell off and I got into carpentry work and it wasn't a motivation for me. I'm, I'm okay. A carpenter, but I'm a better welder and, and after somebody had mentioned it, I, is where it really took off for me. So I, I kind of just needed a push, and that was the push that I got. And it ended up falling through, but I, it took off in other places. So, um, At least you were ready whenever you had to be ready, kind of. 
Absolutely. So I, I got everything in a pile. I, I did a lot of uh, Craigslist shopping. I bought everything. I owned everything. So I, I luckily I had a little pickup truck and I bought my first welding rig on uh, Craigslist and I bought some used tanks and bought everything used just so I knew I had it and it was mine and I wasn't paying somebody else for it to be sitting around. And, uh, and, and honestly, it's just after having it, it just started to turn around where it was being needed more and more often. So, so that one of my first things is, uh, I feel like where we're going to touch base is, is one of the things I wish I knew before I started my business was how big of a need that the mobile welding is just welding industry in general is, but the mobile welding is pretty important because run into a lot of people who need you who broke down and they're stuck and they need you to be there so mm -hmm. yeah that's first and foremost before you know even getting into 10 things that are important about you know just being able to prioritize like whenever we talked about 10 key points that we could you know discuss that's really important the need for your business and then we talked about priorities so like how do you feel like prioritizing like your day or like, you know, bids or things like that? Like what kind of advice can you say now that you've been doing it for a while that would help somebody getting started? I would, I would definitely say, uh, you know, prioritizing is important. So, you know, you can't, you can't weld anything without a welder. You can't cut anything without a torch or a grinder. So getting, you know, all your basics in order is, is very important. And then, you know, as when you're starting off, it's going to be slow. It's not, it's not always you get lucky enough to find a contract or something and then they want to constantly use you and, and, and need your services as a full-time thing. So I think part of that prioritizing is if you have a full-time job already, maybe you need to commit part of your time or part of your off time into building your your future empire you know what you want so look online and shop around and find a welder my I, I, my first one was an engine driven welder so we could be mobile but you know there's a lot of people that just have a little generator and some buzz boxes and are able to get work done that way too and if you prioritize right and you're picking the right jobs and you're not overwhelming your little machine with big work there's a lot of service work out there lawnmower repair gate repair, handrail repair, all these little jobs that all will start to pick up, um, pick up more business. So your priorities, I, I feel like, you know, making sure that if you have your equipment and you're ready, then you need to be able to dedicate some time. So say you, you know, you make some business cards and you find people that are in need of your service, you know, try to schedule it either on an off day or on a weekend so that you're not taking away from your main source of money and your main, you know, that's your bread and butter is if you have another job. But if you're, you know, you're wanting to jump all in, you, you gotta be, you gotta be ready to service either a lot of people or you gotta hope that, you know, you're gonna have one contract that's, that's gonna be fulfilling enough, which they're kind of hard to come by. So yeah, priorities, you know, get some equipment, but don't go into debt doing it. Don't, buy a $70,000 truck and a $10,000 welder and five, six, $700 torches and all these things. 
I built my whole business off of things I found on OfferUp and on Craigslist, and I've only gotten bigger from there. And I think one of my main priorities is keep your money in your pocket. Yeah, that's smart. It really is. Like, so you would actually suggest that somebody start with used things and then build up, like as they make profit, put the profit back into their business, which you can kind of like go into our, our second point that it can't always be about profit in the beginning. Like you can't start out thinking like you're going to be like the richest or that, you know, you're going to make six figures like right away whenever you get started. And, you know, you could kind of told me that you have to be willing to go out there and put in the work to be able to like earn respect and, you know, show that you're going to put quality work out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that exactly being said is, you know, don't, don't spend all your money on all your equipment until you know, I mean, that you need that equipment. But yes, I mean, if you're not going to be able to produce quality work with used equipment, the $10,000 big blue Miller isn't going to make your welds any better. It might help your process better, but it's not going to change your life, except for it's going to put you into immediate debt. So I, I think, you know, and if anybody can follow in my footsteps, I, I'm 100% for it is, you know, buy used, you know, and, and it's not like every used piece of equipment is going to fix every problem. It's not also going to be the problem. So I, I, I'm, my first machine served us, serviced our, our business great. It had a few problems we ran into, but we were luckily, luckily we were well off enough that we were where we could work and our machine did break that we had a chance to, to not be in debt. Like, I just, I'm sorry. I just think to not be in debt is, is number one priority. So like you really can't just focus on having that big rig and being out there because you're, you're going to put yourself in a position where now you have to struggle to make money to pay off all these things. So you're definitely not going to get six figures. You're not going to get all this money because you're going to be paying in every month for that machine, for that rig, you know, you're gonna be paying car notes and you know, you don't need it. You know, honestly, if, and and I'm still in a position, I, I own everything I have. Nothing's brand new. Nothing's massive. I don't have, you know, I just, I don't have anything. I don't have massive amounts of debt either. So I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. We are getting bigger and I know we're going to have to make purchases, but don't do it all at first. Like everybody needs torches. Everybody online is selling torches. Like you can get things uh, at discounted rate by buying somebody else's things. And, and at the same time, you got to be that tire kicker. And if it looks like too good of a deal to be true, it might be, or maybe you need to go and inspect it or run it or see if you can run that machine and see how it operates. And if it doesn't work, then you need to move on. And you also need to know, you know, that, that not everyone's going to be your, your breadwinner, but there could be one out there. And, and there's a lot that you can make money off of you. There's some machines right now you can buy used for under $2,000. And if you're working a standard job and you can save up, that machine will instantly make you $2,000 back if you can find the right work. So I get, I get where people are at by buying big things and buying brand new, but you're not, your money's not coming out of that. Like your money's not coming out of your $80,000 truck. Your money's coming out of the pockets of the customers that you're servicing. And they don't necessarily care what truck you pull up in. They care about your quality of your welds and what, what you 
what you do as a person on their job site. Right. So you went into kind of like managing cash flow. Do you want to give some advice about like how you determined what to charge? So when you first started your business and then, you know, obviously like whenever you start producing higher quality, as you get more experience and things like that, you can charge more. How did you determine like what to charge? Well, so that one was a kind of, kind of a tricky thing. I mean, it's not the hardest thing, but, but you can, you could call around if you're not sure to other mobile welding companies and, and, and ask them like, Hey, look, I, I might need a service. What do you guys charge? And, you know, based off of what they say, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, $75 an hour, two hour minimum, give you a good window of where you think. But, but at the same time, if you're just starting off and you're fine, it, it, it's going to be impossible to, 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 to have somebody say, Hey, I got this lawnmower with some rust on it. Can you fix it? And then you say, yeah, 150 bucks, you know, at that price, they could buy a new lawnmower. So you really, if you're trying to get your name out there and you're trying to, to do more things, you know, work on how, how much is it really going to cost me to do this job? Like, is it going to take me 20 minutes and a little bit of fuel and a couple welding rods? Maybe I'll cut them a deal and you know, they'll tell their friends about it and then I can get more work, more work and more work. But, but if it's, if it's a big company and you're going to, to work and you and say you're doing container repair and you go on site to, to repair a whole bunch of containers, really got to focus on how much is that welder running all day? How much time are you on scene versus uh, are you on scene here forever? Or are you going to be moving on to another job? But if, if this is going to consume your time and say it, it is a form of a contract where they say, Hey, we, we need you for three days a week. You need to be able to bid that accordingly so that those three days a week uh, you're not cutting them so great of a deal that you're not making enough money if you were on another job. So you kind of need to base it off of your customers and kind of how big your customers are too. Like we have a, a few different customers that are relatively large and we charge them. We also, so we have a couple of customers that are accounts and we, we, they use us nonstop and we've been using us since we started our business. So we give them an excellent deal and they don't have any issues with it. And we don't have any issues with it. And uh, it's like $65 an hour. And it's not the highest paying. It's also not the lowest paying, but it's also not the hardest job. You know, I can, I can be out there and I can work a day and sweat and get paid and be happy with the outcome and know that the money I made is feeding my welders fuel. It's feeding my rods and it's feeding my family too. And we're not getting rich on everybody, but we're also not going to get poor working either. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So whenever you first had the idea, you, you know, you got your welding rig, you were ready to go and then you started your business. What can you say about like how hard it was? Like, just like knowing that it was, you knew it was going to be hard work starting a business, but now whenever you look back on it, what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I definitely think it, it was worth it. It's, it's hard work and it's, it's a little, uh, it, it's nervousing type of, I don't know if that's a word, but you know, it's, it's, You're just scary. Made <laughs> it's, it's scary Nerve to think, 
uh, it's scary to think, you know, this is what I'm doing. I just, uh, and it's not, it doesn't cost much to get your business license and to get, uh, to be an official business. So that's really not too hard. You got to get online and, you know, you just got to follow a couple instructions to start that business license. And then it doesn't cost much to keep it every year. So that part was relatively easy. The scary part was making that jump or to, to leave my other job that I knew I had 40 hours a week on to take on this new job where who knows how many hours I'm even going to get. Luckily I did have, uh, and I worked out, I mean, I had an account, but I also, I, like I said, I went around pounding the rock telling everybody, Hey, I'm a new welder. I'm, I'm willing to service whatever you need. I, we're expanding is what I told them. But honestly, I was the only guy and I, I just needed work. So I'm like, Hey, we're a local welding company and we're doing some expanding. We want to take on some new business. So I said that to everybody and they were like, Oh, well, this is a new, new company. They didn't know it was just me by myself. Uh, but it worked and I got calls. So it was a little easier for me to make that leap and just, you know, I'm going in and I'm, I'm going to be a welder because this is what I want to be. Um, so it was hard. It was scary, but a kind of luckily for our business, it, it, we got, we got blessed with an account that needed us kind of from the start and they still use us to this day. And it's been six years. So, uh, it was nervous, but they still use us and they use us a lot and they used us a lot from the start, but then, you know, we kind of got comfortable being over there and then we, we kind of hit our peak where we repaired most of their stuff and then they didn't need us for a long time and they didn't call us for sorry, five or six months. And that was, pretty scary too because you can't put all your eggs in one basket and expect mm -hmm. that this one contract's going to feed you forever yeah um, especially so, if you're doing good work too right you repaired right. it so well that they were ready to go <laughs> yeah we were doing we did such a good job that they didn't need us anymore so then they stopped using us but then after you know and, and like I said that was scary because we're like oh crap now what are we going to do but I, I, luckily, you know, we reached out to enough people and I still, to this day, I pass out cards. I give people stickers with our name and information on it because I can't, I can't just assume that everybody's going to keep calling without me handing out the cards. So, right. I, I don't know, just. So what about like the hours? So whenever you first started out, were you like working like long hours and like how did you manage that like how did you manage like having like a work-life balance and I know that you're married like so what can you speak to like that about well so that one was that one was hard too because I wanted all the hours you know I I didn't want to risk not being able to produce enough hours for that customer and they say hey we're gonna hire somebody else on to help you out because as soon as somebody else comes in and they can offer more service or better service, you know, or whatever the case may be, then we get washed out. So I was like, I'll take everything you got, anything you need. And he's like, well, we got a bunch of containers we need repaired, but we also have a bunch of equipment that needs hard facing, but it has to be in the after hours. You can't do this during the day. You know, hard facing is a night shift work. And I, I said, well, we're hard facing, you know, that's, part of what we do so we want it you know and I was the only guy so I would go in in the mornings I would work on their containers for six to eight hours and then I would drive from this yard to their other yard and then I would work 
from, you know, whatever time I got there from three to four and then till almost midnight. And I did it every night. And so that being said, I mean, I was blessed with having constant work. So money was coming in, but I didn't get to see my family too much. And my wife wasn't too happy about it. Uh, we didn't have any kids at the time either. But, so she was understanding. She didn't mind seeing a nice paycheck and uh, not seeing me all, all day long is pretty good too, if we're making money, but, but it, it takes a toll on you. You know, you can't be, you can't be the guy working 16 hour days and not getting any sleep and then working 16 hour days and not seeing your family guy or girl, anybody. Yeah, for sure. It, it just, it just takes, it takes a toll, you know, but you, but it's one of those things where you got to be willing to do it. I mean, it's, it's your business at the end of the day. And if you're not doing it, who is, and right. if you're not established enough to hire a crew or, you know, even another person to pick up your slack, then the customer is going to hire another person. So, so workloads a lot. I mean, it was a lot and it was pretty heavy. And even right now to this day, we, we could probably work, almost full shifts if I, I have a night shift guy and we have day shift guys and we can almost keep working around the clock with the right customers we have so what would you say about like so if you're you know you probably I don't know if this has happened to you in your business have you ever found a point where you kind of like reached a plateau like where you know you were just working and working and then you like looked up and were you like but I want to grow. So you talked about like bringing, you know, having a crew and stuff like that. Like, so you have to have a strategy to grow your business. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over every single day. If you want to like grow your business, right? Absolutely. So yes, that being said was my, my mind was focused on servicing that customer and we spent day and night there, day and night there but we didn't have any room to service anybody else because it was just me. So we were, we uh, occasionally we could take on another job or something. And, you know, as people were calling and I pushed off a lot of work because I didn't have another me or just another guy in general to help me out. Um, so there were some times where we're like, Oh, we're too busy or I can get, I can service you, but it'll be a couple weeks. And then my main customer, you know, they would give me days off, you know, but, without without the threat of calling other somebody else uh but to to yes you got to strategize you got to make sure if you want to i did i did i did plateau you know well working for them i just kind of leveled off and it's like am i going to keep doing this day shift night shift forever and just just this is all the money that i'm going to make which is good but it's you know that's it you know and i i I'm not their employee, so they could, and they did drop me whenever they needed, and they call me back whenever they need. So I, I was under, you know, I, I, I had to, you know, break down and say, look, I can only work, you know, these are the only hours I can work. I need to dedicate some of my own time in the mornings to go around and talk to other people and give out cards and let people know that we are expanding and that we're willing to help and we want to take on more work. So that being said, the more work that people are willing to throw at you, the more work you need to be able to provide, the more service. So I had to hire on and, and I, and it happened pretty early too. I mean, I, I've had quite a few different employees. Uh, I had a guy that worked for me for almost a year because we were relatively busy and 
and I kind of put him in, in my old position and I let him run at that yard and I stayed in contact with the managers and make sure everybody likes my guy and he works we worked side by side so I knew how he worked and he knew how my expectations for him in that yard was so uh, that's part of your strategy too is like you can't just hire a guy on or anybody on guy or girl sorry for that uh you can't just hire somebody on and expect them to to perform the same way you do so uh, strategy is also in training and how you want your people to carry your company for you so uh you know it's one of those things you got to be prepared if you want more work you got to be prepared to go out there and it doesn't have to be all day and all night thing you know you just have to be able to have somebody help you out yeah so, you definitely have to be able to delegate some of it and grow like you can't do everything yourself absolutely not so i, I it's hard for me to be able to reach other people but still provide work so that being said, I did hire another guy on. We still only had one welder at the time, one truck. So I put him either on site in the truck or he would take the truck. Uh, and I used my wife's car, which she wasn't too happy about, to go and bid new jobs and to try and find more service. And you know, I left my wife home alone without a car, but, uh, but it was worth it. You know, it's worth it for the business to keep going. So. In in order to to grow your empire, you have to you have to do things you don't necessarily want to do. For sure. So, what is like? What do you enjoy the most? So, I think that like something that I wanted to touch on is like whenever you're growing a business, you're doing all this hard work. Like, you have to focus on like what you're actually enjoying about it. So, like while you were doing all this stuff, like what was your favorite part? Um, um, I think my favorite part and, and still to this day, my favorite part is to be able to work on things that I choose. I mean, I'm, I'm still in the position where I, I mean, and I don't always get to choose that. I don't want to say it that way. My favorite part is to be able to do something like bring something back to life that was dead. Somebody showed me a trailer that got hit by a car and, and we can bring it back to life and fix it. Just the joy of welding in general is, is something that I, I really love but uh, I mean I, I enjoy I enjoy all of it I, I like to work but at the same time so there's going to be situations where you're going to run into jobs that you don't like and you don't enjoy it and you got to find you know the diamond in the rough or the the light at the end of the tunnel was you know maybe it's not a fun job but it pays good so you do it or maybe it doesn't pay good but just it's fun for you so you find the you find the light in that you know like I, I know I'm not going to make any money but I have fun building this for you so but I'm not losing any money type of thing yeah it, it's it's a it's a it's a mixed thing I, I find joy in doing repairs and, and working with my hands and and chopping things up and just making something out of basically nothing so I mean it's it's just fun all around if you're if you're passionate about welding and you like what you do and, I, and nothing that we do is completely repetitive I mean we I mean we do have aspects that's constant work our hard facing we do the very same thing every time we go there but it's not like it's day in day out we're not uh, we're not counting sheep we're not you know making 
plugs on, on a factory line, you know, so we're, we get to do other aspects. So it, it's all fun. I think everything's fun. And, and where I'm at now is if I'm not going to have fun doing it and I'm not going to enjoy doing it, I, we're established enough now where I can say no. And, uh, and I think we're going to touch on that a little bit more, but being able to say no is a big part of your business too. So how do you feel about like, um, outsourcing or automating like certain things? Like, you know, you had told me that in the beginning, like your wife helped you, you know, with your books, but now you have an accountant, but like, have you ever utilized like auto replies to emails or you know on social media or something or like how do you feel about those type of things like to help you like on the back end um so i i think they're great i I don't have any automatic replies to emails or things but i still everything comes directly to me to my phone so i anybody that needs our service i get to speak with them one-on-one or even through an email or whatever um, but it, it all, it all comes to me, but yes, we, we have, uh, you know, somebody to take care of our books and that's a lot easier and that's less stressful. Um, and my wife, now that there's not as much pressure on us to like get our invoices and all that stuff in order and have to see them through solely, it, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot less of a stress, you know, it's a big stress reliever to have somebody else to to can take care of your invoices or to be able to send out another email. So my wife doing those type of things, she, uh, she sends out too. still after we finish a job, she will send out, um, like a follow up email. Like if you're satisfied with your service, please leave us a review. We have a Google page, um, and a website through there. And we also have an Instagram account and we started that Instagram account only maybe a year and a half ago. And it was solely, for trying to pick up business and it's been a great platform. We love uh, our, Inst- our Instagram account and uh, through Instagram, we would have never got to meet up with well.com and do all the things that we're doing currently or doing in the future. So I do think uh, those type of things are a great platform. Automatic email replies, I don't know much about, but I could bet that would probably help me too in the future. Um, but I still, I'm still one of those people that I want to be personable with my customers because if I don't want to do the job, I don't want to send my guys on the job. And, and I, and I have, you know, I got a, we got a small crew right now, but I look at those guys that, you know, if, if I'm sending on jobs that they hate, it's only going to be so long before they go to find a job that they want. And it's probably not going to be for me. So, yeah. I'm kind of glad that you said that you personally reply to everything because I think that that's just so much more personable that, you know, whenever you, like, I, I've seen those auto replies in, you know, if you go to message somebody, it says like something real generic back. I think that that's smart that you do take the time to like check your notifications. And I know that you're on Instagram and you carry on on there too. I know that with your social media, I know you're always posting memes and, you know, you always tag us and it always makes me laugh every day whenever I go on there. And whenever you're uh, cutting out early on Fridays, you want to talk about that? <laughs> so that being said, I rarely, rarely get to cut out early on Fridays, but I sure do like to make the opportunity to arise for me. 
I yeah. least like to make the meme for anybody that else, you know, anybody else that gets to cut out. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I do have guys and I do get to cut out from time to time. But most of the time, I'm still at work while I'm making those memes. I think it's funny when you do it. I always laugh and I, I usually will send it to Vest and tell her that I'm cutting out early because Bob is. Yeah, why not? I mean, if yeah. we can all cut out early on Friday, we just need to work a little extra on Thursday. Yeah, it's definitely been an experience, though, just um, from being, you know, a part of Weld.com. Like, I mean, I've been on social media ever since it pretty much existed, you know, back from like the MySpace days to, you know, when Facebook first started and you had to have a college email address at first with Facebook and then LinkedIn and all of those things. And I think it's crazy to think about um, Instagram And that's like really where the welders live. That's where I see so many welders that, you know, they're so proud of their work. They post pictures of, you know, different job sites or, you know, projects that they've worked on and stuff like that. And you're right. I would have never found you, you know, like we would have never connected and just started talking and things like that. And I think it's important. Like there are a lot of businesses who, Still to this day, I don't know if it's just that, you know, older mindset that they don't realize how important social media is to grow your business. And um, I'm glad that like that you have done that, you know, for your business. You said you've only done it for like the last like year and a half. Have you actually gotten jobs off of there? Um, Well, yeah. So uh, we've gotten some small things, nothing, nothing major, but what we have gotten from, uh, Instagram and and I've only done it for like I said about a year and a half now maybe two years but my wife tried to push me from the start she's like you need an Instagram account you need to be taking pictures and putting them online so other people can see them and I I was kind of along that old timer aspect too like I don't need it it's just I don't have I barely get on Facebook as a personal account how am I gonna have time for Instagram and it took off because like you said, it's, I think it's the hub for welders because we get to see each other's work. We get to talk to each other and, and overall, I mean, it's really just a great place. And I was skeptic about it because I thought people were going to, you know, bust my butt about bad welds or just whatever in general. And everybody's pretty welcoming and, and it's great. And actually one of my employees, I, I have uh, Instagram to thank for one of my employees, uh, Cricket, He's a great guy. He's a jam up welder and we met through Instagram and, and he's, he's doing a fantastic job. So I, even if I haven't picked up a whole lot of work, which I have gotten some things they are like smaller jobs or whatever, but I, I picked up uh, hundreds of new friends and I actually got an awesome employee out of the mix too. So, I mean, and, and I, I got a co-hosting job on weld.com. That's like, blew my mind by the way which I'm still kind of befuddled about but (laughs) I I mean it's amazing you know and and without it I would still be watching the weld.com YouTube videos which is how I knew about weld.com from the start but I mean to to be to be friends on Instagram with you guys and then you call me out to come in you know do some unboxing and stand in the background with my hands up in the air you know I'm I want to be that guy and I'm I I couldn't have been there without Instagram. So I think it's social media is a very important platform, whether it, whether it picks you up actual business or it just helps you promote your own business. I think it's just a great aspect, social media in general. For sure. 
So would you say, like, what would you say is the most like to wrap this up? Because like the last point that I had was that it's like, okay to have fun. And we kind of spoke about that, that you have to enjoy what you're doing or like, why are you doing it? Is that kind of how you feel? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean, from the start uh, and I like to do work, you know, I'm not, nobody's a big fan of working out in the middle of Florida sun and the heat. Uh, and then a rainstorm drops on you for 10 minutes and then it goes away and then it's even hotter with all the humidity. But the aspect of what I'm doing, like to be the welder, to know that this company depends on me to fix this container, just a container so that they can load junk in it and haul it around that was really beneficial for me. And, and just in general, it's fun because I'm the guy that's cutting out the metal. I'm putting in the new patches. I'm doing all the work and, and, and they like it, you know, they come and they look at it and like, great job, you know, but, you, but you can't, you can't not have fun. Like, I mean, that's not the greatest. I'm not out there joking and giggling and laughing with myself fixing containers, but but you, but to have fun is to like, I got, I got handrail jobs. We did different kind of handrails. We do custom railing. We built, uh, for, uh, Coyote Ugly, the bar, we built like a random custom handrail that looks nothing like anybody else's. And it's fun. It's fun to be able to be the people that built it. And when people are like, well, look at this, it's so unique. Uh, I'm, you know, it makes me smile. It makes me happy. And and like I said, I mentioned earlier, I don't want to do jobs that make me mad or make me grumpy or just because it pays good doesn't mean it's the job that I want to do. And as a business owner, you really need to be able to say no to certain jobs. Like if, if you know, looking at the job, it's going to be a headache. You obviously know you're not going to have fun. It just because it's going to pay good. Is it going to be worth it? Like, are, are you going to lose your hair because you're because you're stressing out about trying to figure out how you're going to get this beam uh, into an attic or whatever the case may be. So you got to have fun. So right now we're doing a job, which uh, speaking of, we have some customers that need to get this big giant beam, uh, 1422 I beam into an old uh, house that's from the 1900s. So we had two aspects of that job. We could have took on the full job and then I would have to deal with getting my guys and convincing them into the headache of trying to put this beam into place or I offered up that I can build it and then they can use their own builders to install it. And they agreed. And that was fun for us. Like right now we're just doing some simple math and measuring and punching holes and making a couple of posts and floor plates and we're cutting I beam down and then we're done. Like, and that, and that aspect of being a business owner is fun for me because it's a quick turnaround job. It pays good money. My guys like doing it. And it's not repetitive. It's something new for us. Uh, it's not something new completely. It's just new for what we've been doing for the last few weeks. And you got to have fun, though. Like, if you're not out there cracking jokes with your guys, then you're just the boss, you know? And then yeah. your guys, if you're not out there working with your guys, and I always say, like, my big slogan, I got it from my old boss of mine who, who paid me good for work that I did is you got to feed your horses. You got to feed your horses. So if, if you got a crew and they're out there working and they're slaving away, you know, pay them good. You know, your money, you're making good money. You got to pay your guys good money. If it's lunchtime, take your guys to lunch. Like when I work with my guys, it's, 
you know, basically everything's on me. I buy breakfast, I'll buy lunch because I'm going to buy it for myself. Why not? You know, it's just a little bonus for the guys like, Oh, I didn't have to buy my breakfast sandwich. Now I don't have to buy my Cuban sandwich for lunch. The boss is here. He told me to sit down and relax. Cause I'm yeah. not a stickler type of boss. I can't be that guy. So, and, and that, that being said too, is maybe my business could be even bigger. I could have, I, and I could guarantee it. I could have a massive business right now, but I would probably be in debt and making good money, but I'm still be paying off my debt. And I would probably have a crew of people who I vaguely know, or I'm using yeah. them and I don't know them that well. And I don't get to work hand in hand with them. And I don't know about their personal lives and they come to work they go, they do their job and they go home and that's it. But my guys, I know them, you know, we're, we're friends after work. I'm not just a boss. I'm not a dick. Part of my language. I'm not, you know, I just, you know, we have good time. So, so that being said, I, I still have that worker mentality. So when I'm on the site, I'm on site with my guys. I think the same way. Like I, I can't, I can't hassle my guys about working too hard. You know, I, I don't work too hard. You can't work too hard. If you work too hard, you're going to wear yourself out way too fast. So I knew that about you just from even talking to you, which is why I reached out to you. I could just tell that you were a good dude. Like, I don't know, just something about like how you would joke around and how you would like share other people's stuff or, you know, if, if somebody said something like you would just like, you know, share it to your story. It was just like little things you did. And then like once we talked and you came in to the lab and you were there like the one day whenever I was down there. I just knew that you were a good guy and like you fit in so nice. And, and it was even whenever Paul was, you know, getting started in front of the camera and we were talking about that, you know, that he was nervous. And he even said that, you know, that he was nervous being in front of the camera. And what did you say? You were like, if, man, if he ever needs me to come, you know, just be there. So like, I can like make him loosen up a little bit. Like you're just that type yeah. of guy that you want to like help other people, feel comfortable and you're supportive and I know that you're a good boss without you even saying any of that you can just tell that's awesome well I appreciate that and I mean I just I don't know like I said I just still have that worker mentality it was only a couple years ago that I was working for somebody and I'm 36 so I'm not I didn't start young I didn't start my business young uh, but I'm not old either so I know I know how to get out there and, and work hard for good money I also know how hard my guys work doing the same thing that I've been doing on my own. And, you know, I, at the same time, I even, I'm, I'm at the point with, with, when I bring people in, I can see where they're at. I mean, my, my main guy, Brandon, he's my foreman. I, I know, I knew from the start that he, he wants to be his own boss. Well, I'm helping him get that established too, while he's building up his own, uh, his own mentality. He's, he's seeing how i trained him. I mean, he, he's skilled. He didn't need training, training, but he sees how I am as a boss. He knows how he should be as a boss when his time comes and he takes off. I, I only pray that that's how he treats his guys because that's how businesses really grow. Like, like I said, I can be an empire. I could get huge. I could sign on to home advisor and Angie's list and take on all these handrails and gate jobs and all this stuff, but I got to buy more trucks and more welders and more people and I mean people 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 is the most important part of growing your business and if you can't trust the guys that you're working for or the guys that are working for you how, I mean how how can you know that they're doing the job right so so being uh, being personable with your employees and still know like just don't forget you know where you came from 
as a welder as you get bigger and just know that as you get bigger you can grow and you can keep buying things outright you know i i buy a machine on a credit card and i focus on paying it off or i have enough money in my pocket i can buy it outright and and those those aspects are great because I don't, at the end of the day, I'm not stressing out about money. And I think that's one of those aspects that all bosses stress out about money because they're making it, but they're paying for other stuff. There's just so much they have to pay for in this industry. And if you got all brand new stuff, it only costs more. So I think part of why I'm such a happy guy is I know that I don't have a bunch of debt to pay for either. Uh, so that kind of helps me. That makes a lot of sense. I um I really appreciate you taking the time to um jump on the podcast and to talk to everybody and I'm excited about the projects you have coming up and you know your hard facing video is going to be out soon so everybody can stay tuned for that and yeah I just wanted to say thank you for coming on awesome awesome thanks for having me uh, I do apologize to everybody for all my run on sentences I'm good uh, I'm a good rambler it runs in my family. Um, but we are, we're happy, we're happy to be on and we're happy to, for anybody, anybody has any questions, reach out to us. If, if something we miss in our, in our podcast discussion didn't, you know, hit everybody's key points, you know, send us a message, send us an email, contact us through well.com. We're happy to, to answer any other questions. Um, but, but thanks for taking the time out and, and highlighting Frankenfab. We really appreciate it over here too. Yep. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Thank <laughs> you.